0: a life coach and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey guys. You are listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. And we've been doing a series on sexual issues. We covered sexual issues for men in some past episodes. So if this is your first time listening, you might want to check some of those out. We're working on female sexual issues. And we're going along with Dr. Patty Britton's book, The Art of Sex Coaching, going through some of the more major concerns that people have addressed over the years. Tonight's episode is on vaginismus and sexual inhibition for women. I know that vaginismus, it's a pretty rare issue that comes up. It's where the vagina becomes too tight to accommodate, even sometimes even the smallest of objects. And it's most usually just a medical condition, which you need to go and see your doctor or OBYGN and get a prescription for some dilators. And it takes working with it over time to slowly stretch the walls of the vagina back out. And it usually occurs in women that have not had much penetration in a long time. And I get think it goes back to the old adage, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> Anything you want to add on
1: vaginismus? So, we, as with all medical issues, it's not something that you should feel bad about. It's not something you should feel guilty about. And One of the things we talk about on this show all the time is that there's a lot of things that are sex that you can do even if penetration isn't something that you're capable of right now. There's stimulation of the outside of the vulva. Uh, You can still have a lot of clitoral stimulation, One of the things we talk about all the time is that the entire body is a sex organ. If you are having problems with penetration, focusing more on your other erogenous zones and following the pleasure is where we always suggest people start out with. And I would like to say that I think the real
0: culprit here is living in a sex-negative culture and also a lot of religions are so overly strict on sexuality. I see sexuality as a gift of the Creator. It's not a sinful act. It's not a, something that we should be ashamed of. It's a beautiful experience. And everything I've experienced in sexuality has just been amazing. It's taken me to places that I would count as very spiritual. I remember going to my dad's church. He was a minister, and I never had a spiritual experience in church. It was through sex and through other means, BDSM and some other means, and even some pagan rituals, Then I started having an actual spiritual life. Going to church was more of a dogmatic routine that was repeated Sunday after Sunday where we practiced ritualized cannibalism, and it kind of got old after a while. (laughs) But anyway, any thoughts?
1: Yeah. So, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of suggestion that we can give for working through this issue since it is inherently a medical issue and it requires going to a doctor. Uh, And I do suggest as you are shopping around for a doctor to take your time and find a doctor who is willing to listen to you and, who you feel really comfortable with, because not all doctors are created the same, and it it is very important to find someone that you can really be open with and honest with because you should always be completely honest with your doctors
0: and in sex coaching, there are something once you've seen a doctor and start working with the doctor and utilizing the dilators there are some techniques that sex coaching can help with it gets into some advanced work but relaxation techniques and learning a little bit about what's going on with your mind talk can have a big impact on how your body responds to the medical treatments and so there are some things we can do that can help out, but it really takes learning some deep relaxation techniques and and overcoming some of the fears, because I know that sometimes when the body doesn't work the way we expect it to, it can be kind of a scary thing. <laughs> and I think that pretty much covers vaginismus. And I'd like to kind of go on with our... Bigger topic, which we do have a lot to say on, and that's sexual inhibitions. I've been running Aphrodite's Temple for many, many years, and, and sexual inhibitions is something that occurs for both men and women, in, in and in between, and even trans people, the whole spectrum we're human beings we live in a sex negative culture that well hell we're not even allowed to run around naked in most most of our daily lives it's like even in ancient greece and rome people didn't weren't required to wear clothes and i i think it's kind of silly that we have to wear clothes especially when you're living in houston or texas In the summer heat, (laughs) clothing is hot. (laughs) But I'm something of a nudist. I love running around naked. It's not a sexual act. It's just enjoying my body for what it is and as it is. But I've overcome a lot of my own inhibitions. Anything
1: you want to add to that? Yeah, I think one of the big issues for women or trans feminine people or i think that in the culture that we live in there is this weird duality that people are expected to strike where if you are too sexual of a person then you are labeled as a slut, you are labeled as promiscuous and dirty, and there's so many negative connotations with that. But if you go in the other direction, and you always cover up your body, and you're not a very sexual person, well, then you get labeled to be a prude, and people tell you that you're going to be a a spinster for the rest of your life and you get this reputation of being cold and so really there's there's no winning and i think with that going on it's really not surprising when when women trans feminine people don't know how to embrace their sexuality because they've been told You're supposed to embrace it, but also you're dirty if you embrace it. And there's no winning.
0: One of the things I love about Betty Dobson's work is she really helped women learn about their vulvas and see them as beautiful and take a whole new perspective in exploring their genitalia think that for our culture our sex negative culture there's this whole kind of sense of is this normal throw the word normal out the window (laughs) i know i did a long time ago it's like everything in sex is normal if someone's if you're thinking oh what i want to do is kind of weird and different believe me there's thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of people that have already done it and practice it on a regular basis so normal doesn't really fit the other thing I used to say to a lot of people was that if you look at the definition of what is normal it's what is average it's what's fits the biggest group of people and what's kind of the average of what life is. And who wants to go around living an average life? I know for me, I want to be exciting and daring and adventurous and exploring and finding different things out about life. I don't want to be normal. And so there's this big hang-up about what is normal in sex. And I'll just say right off the bat, I've been running Aphrodite's Temple for over 25 years, and I've had lots of people come up and talk to me in private and say, well, I like to do X, Y, and Z. Is that normal? And I said, yes. (laughs) Believe me, lots of people do it. (laughs) I'm not going to specify exactly exact conversations I've had just to protect people's anonymity. But I do like to let people know that, in my case, at one point I had a kind of a hang-up around anal play and anal sex. I thought, ooh, this is kind of weird, but I was so fascinated by it. And so I'd kind of play with it and then I'd feel kind of weird about it. And then I went through all this whole thing and I realized, okay, listen, I need to listen to what my body's telling me, not what all my friends are saying and not listening to all the weird jokes about it. I need to explore this for myself and determine, does this work for me? it work for my body, and I think that's one of the things that really kind of opened my the door for me to sexuality was I started exploring and questioning and saying, Well, does this feel good? Is it doing something for me and when I, when the answer was yes, it was like wow, it took me whole new places when I opened that door and I can never go back now. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, definitely. One thing that I know is that a lot of people who are neuroatypical uh, have issues with relating with people in general. People have social anxiety, they have weird tics, they they feel awkward in their own skin and if you have problems even talking to other people, it is very difficult to take the next step and embrace your sexuality and have sex with people and overcoming that and I think that's one of the the main problems that a lot of people deal with is having just a generalized social anxiety and a generalized um, discomfort in their own skin. And I think that a lot of times people will focus on trying to like overcome their sexual hangups without really dealing with the underlying issue of like not feeling okay in their own skin and feeling a little weird in their own skin. Uh, And this can be really compounded by things like body image issues, by weird religious upbringing, by disability. There's all sorts of things that can compound the issue and i think that one good first step is finding a group of comfortable people and really working on you might not be able to overcome your social anxiety with everyone but you can probably find a small group of friends to start practicing feeling more comfortable in your body and I I know that one of the things I've found with people with body image issues for example is if you're feeling unattractive or if you're feeling issues a lot of people don't realize that you can ask your friends like hey Right now, I'm feeling unattractive. Will you tell me the things that you think are attractive about me? You can actually ask for validation and it is okay. And it is a, like it is an okay thing to ask of your friends, and your friends will generally be more than happy to give you that validation. But a lot of times they won't realize how much you need it until you. Tell them like, "Hey, I'm dealing with these issues, and I could use, you know, occasional validation, especially out of nowhere." Uh, and I think that that can help quite a bit.
0: It's interesting you bring up body image healing because that's one of the video training films I've been kind of revising a little bit and working on to make it a little bit better, but it's a very powerful tool. And I know it's, especially for women, a lot of times having sex, it's easy to get lost in all the mind talk and all the mind chatter. And especially around body image issues, everything from making sounds while having sex and sometimes even having... Those farty noises coming out of the vagina while having penetrative sex. That can be kind of a weird thing if you're not familiar with it. And believe me, it's very common for that to happen. When the penis is going in and out, it's forcing some air in and it's going to come back out. (laughs) It's not a fart. It's just the way the pussy works. When you're having intercourse, probably also means that you are giving good tight squeezes on that penis that's within you, that's trapping the air inside and it's forcing it out, and that can feel very good for your partner to have it be a little on the tighter side. Practicing PC muscles can help also. Learning how to work with your Body. and I think that's one of the issues that Betty Dodson came up with was that not enough women know how their sexual organs work and how to work with them. And I think becoming more familiar with your vulva, the, all the parts, and learning more about how you're designed can be so beneficial and realizing that vulvas come in all shapes, sizes and colors. <laughs> they are beautiful. I haven't ever seen one I didn't like.
1: <laughs> I I think another important step in overcoming sexual inhibition, particularly if you are a person that has issues around social awkwardness or or things like that is first getting comfortable pleasing yourself and masturbating and having a rich sex life that doesn't involve a partner. One of the things that was important to me that's still very important to me that I got very early in my training is starting a daily practice of of raising sexual energy and really exploring my body and exploring the things that feel really good to me. One of the things we talk about a lot on the show is how when you take the time to pleasure yourself and figure out what your body likes and what it responds to and how you like to be caressed, how you like different erogenous zones to be stimulated by yourself, then you are able to tell a partner the things that you like and what you really enjoy. So I think that if you are having some hang-ups with sexual inhibition, starting with a daily practice of raising sexual energy, and learning your hot buttons, learning the parts of your body that feel really good. Another tool that Gigi has that's in our uh, training videos is the erotic body map. And it's a tool to, as you discover these things about yourself and what feels good and how you like things at, you know, on different parts of your body, it's a tool for mapping it out in a visual way that makes sense that you can share with another person. And even just like looking back on it when you're not come drunk and like really uh, incorporating it in like your understanding of yourself is really, really important.
0: And I know for women, a lot of times and I keep going back to this a little bit, it's when we get too much in our head, we get too concerned. And I think another first step, even before you start exploring your body, is set up the environment to have a good daily workout. It's like you don't want to go into it cold, and you want to create an environment that's conducive for self-explorations. Get some ambient lighting going. Put on some music you enjoy. Turn off your cell phone. And I even created a a sex altar. Maybe you can't have a sex altar, but have some things, that a little kit that you can pull out with items that get you turned on. It can be photographs. It can be toys. It can be... Even stories, your favorite erotic stories. Prepare your headspace and your environment. Take the time to get in the mood and turn off your daily life demands and say, for the next hour, this is my time. This is my time to really be with myself and make love with myself. And I I love the word masturbation, but for a lot of people it feels harsh. And I did it one time for me. And I think of it now as more of a self-love. Being able to pleasure myself and love myself is one of the first steps before I can love another person. I have to be able to love myself and learn the arts of love. Not just the physical but the mental and the environmental and the headspace getting that headspace right it's like you don't want to go into something cold you don't want to be kind of put on the spot so don't put yourself on the spot prepare an environment and over time it will become a ritual and it will become familiar, and it will feel good feels better and better each day
1: I think another thing that can be really, really helpful. I mentioned earlier, like finding a group of friends that you can start practicing, being comfortable with, and part of that if one if you're hang up if you have hang ups around sex is Finding a group of people that you can be comfortable talking openly about sex and sexuality, as you are, start this daily practice of of pleasuring yourself and of masturbation and of self love. Uh, you can talk with your friends about what works for you. Like find someone that has a lot of the same turns on, turn ons as you. You mentioned earlier erotic stories. If you find that you really like erotica and you find a friend who's really into erotica, well, find out what they're reading. Find out like what really turns them on and like see if it you know gets your motor running. And I think that the more you open up about sex and sexuality with a group of trusted people, the easier it becomes to because like a lot of for a lot of people like they just kind of shut down when the idea of sex even comes up and if you can get comfortable talking about it with people that you trust that that are close to you I think that it can really start to open some doors for you and can start to make it easier to Think about sex and, like, get used to just sharing your sexuality with another person. And I think that can be a very important step in the process.
0: And I would like to say, if you don't have friends that you feel comfortable talking to, there's some amazing alternative communities that you can look into and explore. Everything from Burning Man events to pagan events, to BDSM play parties, or even just gatherings, the bisexual movement, join a bisexual group. If you're bisexual or bi-friendly, maybe you're non-binary and want to learn more about, well, how can I express myself as a non-binary person? Finding some of these alternative communities that are all over the place. You can search online and find some that are local. Reaching out and finding a group of people that is similar to where you are really helps build a bridge to breaking that ice and making things more comfortable and more... I'm not sure of the word, but more conducive to opening up with each other and being able to share. Because when we have something in common, it's a process. It's, And that's one of the things I learned from reading The Little Prince. The Little Prince had this rose. And the rose said, well, at first you have to tame me before we can become friends. And they went through a taming process where the little prince would bring it water and bring it fertilizer and kind of trim its leaves and, and the rose would provide a beautiful flower and scents for the little prince and and over time, they became very good friends, but it's a process. It's it's a taming process. It's a little bit of give and take on both sides where all of a sudden you become closer and closer, and then you can open up. You don't want to just go and open up to a stranger, <laughs> although sometimes people do that. I know that... I used to hitchhike, and sometimes I used to pick up hitchhikers, and you would not believe the things people would open up with to a stranger that they wouldn't share with friends. But I think it's good also to keep in mind that there is counseling services, especially in the g l b t communities you can often in bigger cities you can find g l b t counseling centers where you can get some guidance and and some assistance on how to further develop and overcome some of the issues around being inhibited.
1: Another thing is, so a lot of these resources are easier if you live in big cities, but even if you live some, somewhere rural and it's hard to find like-minded people, the internet is a great resource. First of all, as far as counseling goes, there's all sorts of queer-friendly, sex-positive, BDSM-positive counselors out there uh, that that can really help. Uh, I know BetterHelp is a good resource. There, there's a lot of different resources. There are some people who specialize in overcoming religious traumas because that happens a lot. Another way that the internet is a really good resource is if it's hard to find those alternative communities in proximity to you, there are tons of groups online... I know that I really like to go to Reddit and flirt with people on Reddit. I go to the like various like Dirty R for R or um, Dirty towels which is really good for sexual ro- role play over the internet. It's really nice if you're just starting to get like trying to get your toes wet because if you wind up really clicking with someone and it y'all are both really turned on, you can develop a, a long-term flirting relationship with this person or trading erotic stories or trading pictures or whatever it is that y'all do to help each other get off. And if the connection just isn't there. It's it's a name on a screen and you can block them and you never have to talk to them again. A lot of times you haven't exchanged pictures by the time you realize it's not a good connection. Uh, they have no idea who you are. They have no idea where you live. So like, if you want to deepen that connection, you can. But... It's kind of without a big risk because if it doesn't turn out to be your cup of tea, you can just say bye and split.
0: Oh my, the time has gotten away with this again. It's time for station break. I would like to do a quick plug about sex coaching because that can also help out. and That's not something I know, especially since the COVID thing, I've been doing all my sex coaching online. I do it through Zoom where we also, and I can send information and have you fill out forms and send it back, and then we set up a Zoom meeting. So sex coaching is one avenue that can be very beneficial, and it's not just me doing sex coaching. There's a lot of sex coaches out there, and more being trained every day. <laughs> because the world is changing. We're moving out of the dark ages of sexuality and into an age of sexual enlightenment. And it's happening all over the world. <laughs> Come and visit my websites. I have a lot of information there. And the first one is ravensleerleather.com. And there you can find training videos, you can find information. Then I have my sex coaching website, which is ggwilber.com. That's two G's, W-I-L-B-U-R dot com. And there I have everything about sex coaching and more training videos and even some information about how sex coaching works and what it's all about. And I do want to give a little warning because a lot of mental health professionals are not trained one bit in human sexuality. They're trained more on counseling in the mind and the emotions. I've come from a background of being a counselor. I was a social worker for over 15 years professionally. So I know what counseling can do and what it can't do. (laughs) And I know that where the training is and where it isn't. Shop around and make sure that you're getting a good sex coach that's well-trained. Anybody can get online and say, Oh, I'm a sex coach because I've got all this experience. Well, it takes more than just experience. You need to really... I've studied a year and a half on sexology and on sex coaching and learned a lot of information about the sexual body for both males, females, trans, you name it. We went through a lot of training. This is training that a lot of doctors even don't get. They get training on the physical body and and on disease, but not on sexuality. So it's really kind of shocking how little both the mental health fields and the medical health fields are lacking when it comes to sexuality. Anything you want to add to Station Break?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, you mentioned the com website. GG has a site specifically for sex coaching and that is at Ggwilber.com. That is the letter G, the letter G W I L B U R dot com. And you have um, a a link to the um to the training courses on both, right? Yeah. Uh, both uh, both the ggwilber.com and ravenslayerleather.com, uh, there is a link to several different training courses if you want a little bit more in-depth information into different avenues of sex and, di- and sexuality. So that's another good resource also, if you get a lot out of the work that we do here, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygg and donate whatever you are able to, whatever you're comfortable with. We're not asking you to go hungry or anything like that to help us out. But if you have money to spare and you would like to support the education that we are Sharing with people, that's a great way to support our show. And while we're not real
0: active on it, I also have a third website, which is Aphrodite's Temple. And it's at ladyboytemple.com. And basically, we will probably be resuming temple activities next fall. I'm up in Colorado right now. So it's a little difficult for me to coordinate Aphrodite's temple events from up in Colorado because we get a lot of participants that are in Texas. (laughs) Even still, sign up if you're interested because you can meet some like-minded people once we resume Well, back to our topic. (laughs) And I think one of the things I would like to jump in and kind of change the direction a little bit, I know that with Temple running a physical in-person Aphrodite's Temple at some of the events I take it to, they are clothing optional. And we've had people come into Temple and, wearing full clothes and a little bit skittish about getting naked in front of others. And even at one point I had a shower system just right outside Temple. And even there, it was kind of an open shower. We didn't have any walls or anything around it. And people were skittish about getting naked even in the shower. It really is overcoming a fear. I remember in Boy Scouts, one time we were camping out and we went swimming in the swimming pool. And some of the other scouts grabbed me and took my swimsuit off. And at first I was kind of (laughs) horrified. And then I thought, well, they can't see more than they're seeing right now. So I swam over to the side of the pool, climbed out, and got up on the high dive and just put a show on. And I thought, you know, screw it. I'm going to enjoy skinny dipping. <laughs> it's amazing when we just, something clicked in my head. And I thought, you know, the, the, it's it's all done now. May as well have fun at it. It's an attitude and value. And I think attitudes and values can really transform our lives when we just kind of get over the social conditioning of around our bodies and realize that, oh, we're all human beings. We don't have hair designers and makeup artists and lighting experts and set designers and clothing designers following us around, making us look pretty. We are who and what we are. We have the bodies we were given. And to me, they're beautiful just as they are. I think it's in our culture we've gotten so far away from nudity, public nudity, that we've been taught to be ashamed of our bodies. It's like something that's got to be covered up and... Protected, but protected from what? Is someone going to see my dick and go, ooh, run for the hills? <laughs> and I kind of bring that up because when you look at it that way, it's all of a sudden it seems like, well, why am I so hung up on being naked in front of other people? Any thoughts, Paul?
1: Yeah, definitely. One thing is if you have issues with your body and have body image issues, it's one way that uh, that affirmations can really help. And if your issues stem around your body, it might be good to get naked in front of a full-length mirror and really look at your body. And even if you don't feel it, tell yourself that, I love my body and really search out things about your body that you love, that you find beautiful and find the things that you really find sexy about yourself. And so much of attraction is based on attitude, how you carry yourself and confidence goes a really long way. And if you practice by yourself in front of a mirror, being confident and naked, then when it comes time to be naked in front of other people, whether that's at a public event like a burn or pagan festival or some of these alternative communities that we talk about, or with a partner, or a friend with benefits, or a one-night stand, or any number of things, if you have that practice in standing in front of a mirror and telling yourself that you're beautiful and finding the things that you find beautiful about yourself and practicing carrying yourself with confidence, one of the things Gigi says is that So, affirmations really take about, what, 60 days to to really gel. So, for 60 days, every day, the second you wake up, or, you know, maybe, maybe you wake up, drink some coffee, whatever your morning routine is. But find a part of your morning routine where you can stand in front of a mirror for maybe at first a minute or two. And maybe work up to where you can stand in front of the mirror for 15, 20 minutes every day and look at yourself from different angles and practice keeping your back up straight and your head up high and really like carrying yourself so that when you are around people and you're naked, you will have that practice carrying yourself with confidence and you will be surprised by how much other people pick up on it.
0: And I think it also does another thing for us. One of the things I discovered was how beautiful my body not only is in a physical sense, but in a functional sense. It's like, it's amazing the things our bodies are designed to do and be. And once we awaken the sexual energy within ourselves, I mean, I was just so fascinated on how I could get an erection and how good it would feel. And how good my nipples felt once I started playing with them a little bit and discovering other parts of my body, my underarms, my my feet. I mean, just there's parts of our body that are just wired for eroticism and discovering those places and playing with them and following that pleasure and seeing what feels good and and how our bodies respond it's getting into the function of the body and how beautifully designed our bodies really truly are and and i think there is a thing about gratitude i think part of this practice that i got into and in exploring my own body in front of a mirror naked i started becoming really grateful for what I do have, and how well it works, and how well it responds, once I get into the right headspace.
1: Yeah, I I definitely have experienced that too. I remember that you know having this revelation early on in my training with you, um, because I've talked about it on the show before. I have a lot of chronic pain every muscle and every joint in my body hurts 24 hours a day seven days a week and so for a long time I had kind of an adversarial relationship with my body and as I learned how to pleasure myself and as I went deeper into masochism and I discovered you know, the the wonderful sensations of endorphins and all of these other things. As I learned the ways to bring my body pleasure, I stopped having such an adversarial relationship with my body and started really, really having a very pleasant, very... oh, you know, I, I love my body now in a way that I didn't. Yeah, and I have a whole new appreciation for my body that I didn't before. And so, yeah, I've I've had the same experience.
0: One thing we haven't talked about yet in quite a long time, but I have long ago on the show, is the difference between academic knowledge and experiential knowledge. When I was young and... Before I came of age, I was a late bloomer, being intersexed we usually are. I didn't come of age till I was nearly 17. I didn't start growing pubic hair. I didn't, wasn't able to ejaculate. I didn't even have an orgasm until after I came of age. But I'd heard about orgasms, and I read about orgasms, and it fascinated me and i studied them and learned everything i could learn about them academically and i thought oh i know all about orgasms and then when i had my first orgasm i realized holy shit i don't know anything about orgasms <laughs> when you can experience something it takes you to a whole different level it's hard to put in words exactly And some of the exercises I've put together are designed to be experiential exercises that help you build an experiential knowledge of something. And when you gain that experiential knowledge, it can be life transformative. It can take you to a whole new level of awareness And it's really beautiful to go through it, but you have to do the action steps. You have to take the actions. You can think, oh, I should stand in front of a mirror naked. Okay, I can see myself doing that and kind of playing with the idea academically. But until you actually stand in front of that mirror naked, it's a whole different world. (laughs)
1: And one way to get some experience with sex, I am a big proponent of having sex with your friends. A lot of people worry about having sex with their friends. They're like, oh, no, it's going to change our relationship. Yeah, y'all are both going to get off a lot more. Like, that's a good thing. Part of what I was talking about earlier, building this support system of of friends that you can be comfortable with. And it doesn't have to be right away or out of the blue, like get comfortable just talking about sex with your friends and get more and more comfortable with them. But once you are comfortable with them, don't be afraid to approach one of your friends and be like, I don't necessarily want to date. Or maybe you do want to date, uh, but be like, Hey, you know, I've been, wanting to get more experience with sex. I don't have a whole lot of experience with sex and I'm trying to get comfortable with it. And I know you, I trust you. I, you know, I think that you're attractive. I know that we already have a chemistry. Like, why don't we have sex? And I think that that can be a very, very healthy thing. And I think that more people should do it because, being part of Temple and things like this, I, I have a lot of very sexual friends. We started going to this like really cool swingers group, and I've got a lot of new friends through there. Well, I'm very sexual with and around, and I can't tell you how much like having a supportive group of friends that I can be sexual with has really really changed my life and i think it's really powerful
0: and like i said before check out some of the alternative communities there's polyamorous groups there's swinger clubs there's just a whole wide range of things out there to explore and that can also help with finding kindred spirits people that you feel a connection with. It's like, I know I felt so disconnected growing up because nobody was like me. I was the only bisexual I knew. And I knew I had to keep it hidden when I was really young. But then when I did come out, it was like I had some friends that dumped me right away and other friends said, oh, that's so cool. And other friends said, Oh, I knew that all along. <laughs> it's like I felt such a weight drop off of me once I did come to terms and be who I was who I am and not try to hide it. It was like I was spending so much energy covering it all up and trying to fit in that I really lost track of developing who I am as a person and becoming the rich and beautiful person that I've become now. One of the things I learned being dyslexic and ADHD is that, yeah, I have certain talents, but I also have certain areas that I am like, it's a waste of time for me to even try to do certain things. The ADHD and dyslexia and a whole wide range of other learning differences that I have. I could spend years trying to become just barely proficient just enough to get by. Or I can look at where I'm really gifted and focus my attention on developing my own gifts. And really excel and become the vision of who I want to be, not what I should be or what others think I should be, but be the person I want to be. And so you might want to look at where do you want to go in your life? <laughs> I can't say that it's going to be the path I took. In fact, I doubt it would be. <laughs> But there may be something to opening up your life and really refocusing on who do you want to be as a human being, as a sexual human being? And where do you want to go with your sexuality? And really exploring that and questioning it. These are deep questions to really ask yourself, what do I want to experience while I'm here? And that can be such an amazing experience to go through to open those doors and and explore it a little deeper. And I can tell you from my past experiences, I've had some amazing experiences with a lot of different people. And I decided early on I was not monogamous. It didn't work for me. Maybe you are, and maybe it does work for you. Maybe you need to find that one and only partner, and that's okay too. I'm not saying be one thing that you're not supposed to be. Be who you are, be be authentically yourself.
1: I think another thing that a lot of people get caught up in Unfortunately, we get in different media and things like this, we get this message that sex and flirting, it's this game and you have to be witty and you have to just like flirt in a way where you are each slowly like bringing a little bit more and a little bit more and, and you know, turning up the heat a little And, you know, in movies, like, everyone's so suave and they just say the perfect thing at the right time. And it seems like that's how people are supposed to wind up having sex. And what I have found is simply stating my desires and what I want and being very blunt and very clear, like, hey... I think that you are very attractive. I would like to have sex with you. Would you be interested in having sex with me? It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And like sometimes like it will really take people aback like how forward you are, but like a lot of times that works out in your favor because people aren't used to people being confident like that. They aren't used to not having to play these games and just like, oh, and you know, one of the important things about like being this open and blunt with your sexuality, you need to have like developed a like rapport, a a, a connection with a person and whether their answer is yes or no, you continue to like keep that connection going and even if like the answer is no you take rejection with grace and you still just connect with them and vibe with them and be you know a human being with them and if your friends don't really let it affect your friendship and sometimes that they're taken aback at first and they say no but then they go home and maybe they think about it and they're like actually you know maybe i do want to and so i i think that that is really important
0: when someone says no i don't take it as a rejection specifically i take it as okay it's not the right energy for us here and now and it's a subtle attitude ge- shift. It's, and it's probably better that they say no if it's not the right time and mm-hmm. place for them. That may come later. It may not. It may never come. But getting the answer gives me some good information of, okay, They're not interested. Let's take them off the quest, so to speak, (laughs) and let's look where there might be more beneficial responses. So I don't look at no as a rejection. I look at it as a a guidance system to help me stay on track with my mission of, hey, I want to get laid. Mm -hmm. It feels good. And I want to get laid with someone who wants to get laid because I don't want to do it with someone that's all tense and not into it. And so a no can be a good thing. It means it's not time. It may never be time, but at least now I know that and I can go and find the person or people that... It's a yes, and they are enthusiastically yes, and authentically yes. And that's a much better find than, I'd rather go through a hundred no's and find one authentic yes, than to take a a no or unsure and kind of fumble around and find out, oh, this isn't working at all. So no can be a positive thing, believe it or not. (laughs) Oh my, we're at the top of the hour. (laughs) The time flies. Any closing thoughts and anything you'd like to kind of wrap the show up with?
1: Yeah, I think that with all of the things that we're talking about, I know in this one hour show we've given a lot of advice and it might seem really big, but don't worry about it and take it one step at a time you don't have to get there tomorrow it's a process and with any process you've got to go with the process and let it unfold organically and really just happen as it does and i think if you listen to the show and take some of the advice and start with baby steps and go a little bit further and a little bit further, you will find that each day you find a little bit more confidence. And each day you might learn a sexual trick here that that you really like while you're masturbating. You might feel yourself growing more confident through affirmations. You might forge some friendships that may eventually lead to good partners to have in the future. And little by little, you gain in confidence and you gain in being comfortable in your skin, in your body, and around the concept of sex. And as you do this little by little, you'll find that before too long, you will be a sexually confident and assertive and powerful person. I think for me, I know that I have a very feminine
0: side. And I know the stuff that a lot of women go through with sex. It's different for women than for men. And it can be very difficult. And And there's a whole different set of things that can get in the way. And I think that part of... The process is to learn to trust in yourself first and to love yourself first and to explore and really become balanced in who and what you are. And then once you do, people are going to be attracted to that. And some of those people you'll be attracted to, some you won't. I know that happened with me. There's people that came up and said, ooh, I want to have sex with you. (laughs) Or let's go on a date. And I said, "Um, I'm not really into it with you. I'd rather stick with being just friends. And that's okay. And then there's others that, oh boy, that was amazing. (laughs) And I guess part of what I'm saying is that it really is this energy we project. When we can't really play, spend time with our own bodies, people are going to pick up on that energy. Maybe not consciously, they're not going to go, oh, this person can masturbate really good, and this person's like hung up on it. And th- No, it doesn't work that way. But what does work is that there is this kind of self-confidence and this, this energy that once you get into the experience of it, it, it radiates out from you. And so if there's anything you get from this show, it's start with yourself first and develop into the person you want to be become who and what you dream to be and work towards that. And believe me, as you develop that, you'll be putting out good energy and the universe will come back with a multitude of experiences for you. (laughs) Well, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Touch yourself. Explore your body. Become infatuated with your own self love the body you're in discover the pleasures and the things your body can do for you it's really a beautiful experience i know i've gone so high on pleasure and i've actually had out-of-body orgasms There's a spiritual side, there's an energy side, there's a physical side, there's a mental side, and there's an emotional side to all this. Sex is complex, but once you start getting into the complexities, it's amazing where you can go with it all. And it starts with yourself. And once you start exploring and really getting out of your head and into your body and into the pleasures, oh, there's no limits. So explore, enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with an- formative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me And developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show